The Forum at 8 on SAFM. I didn't have a choice, probably, but my good mind, legit, I didn't buy it. And I passed it the first time I went in, and it was all cool. My dad is actually the chief of traffic in Rustenburg, so, I mean, he is, he, he supports the law. Why, why would I go and break it and stuff like that? It's very stupid. You're not legally able to drive. You don't know the rules of the road. You, you're actually endangering your own life, to be honest, because you didn't follow the proper procedures, so... No, I can't buy a license because it's illegal. I'm promoting uh, corruption, whilst at the same time we're fighting the very same thing and we're pushing it at the same time. doesn't make sense. And it's even worse. You can go to check because you can get those, bro. I really think sometimes you just end up being in a situation where you're desperate to buy, to just buy one. And sometimes I feel like if your driving is not so polished, then, yeah, I guess... That is the only way. Depending on the situation. Yeah. Like, uh, if, if let's say, I've been trying and trying and yeah, failing, I would consider, especially if I know how to drive, just the matter of getting a license. Do they know if those things are registered? They yeah. don't know that, so I definitely wouldn't advise it. I wouldn't buy a driver's license, largely because I study law and it's against the law to do so. I personally think if you can't parallel park, don't get a license, don't get a car, just get yourself a chauffeur. And uh, that, of course, uh, some uh, Vox Pops uh, listening to what some of you have to say about this issue that we are discussing this morning on the Forum at 8, bought driver's licenses. And we are asking you uh, today, you know, whether it is possible to actually obtain a driver's license today without bribing someone. Now, many South Africans are desperate to acquire a driver's license. And uh, for many years, they found themselves defrauded by corrupt officials at driving schools around the country. And many of them study hard to pass the test, but are reportedly deliberately failed when those who grease palms of officials get their licenses. But this situation does not only put additional bad drivers on our roads, it is also against the law. On the Forum at 8 uh, this morning, we are asking you, is it possible today in 2015 to get your license without bribing someone. And we have in studio with us um, uh, the Department of Transport spokesperson, Diane Rekoto. Thanks for coming through this morning. Good morning, Sakina, and thanks for inviting me. And let me just also invite our listeners to call in at this point, 0891-104-208, if you have a story that you'd like to share with us, because one of the things we want to do this morning is, quite frankly, to name and shame. If you, Give us the names, you know, of the municipalities, of the centers where you went, where you know uh, that people are actually giving and receiving bribes. And let's follow through, uh, let's follow up on that so that we can actually eradicate this culture, because it is is not going to augur well in the long run. Already we are seeing the catastrophic effects of this kind of practice on our roads. How many times have you asked yourself, but where did this person get their license? with some of the things that people do on the roads. So let's talk about it and do feel free to give the necessary information to uh, Mr. Ricotso this morning so that he could perhaps follow up on it. But um, Mr. Ricotso, let me just start by saying this is by no means a new problem. It's been going on for quite some time. But what seems to be happening is that it's becoming normative. It's becoming more entrenched um, in our society. And it is quite shocking when you hear that the going rate at this point is about between 3,500 and 5,000 rand 
to obtain a driver's license? Yes, indeed, it is a problem, but we believe that it's um, a problem that's uh, not insurmountable. It's something that we are capable uh, of uh, of nipping in the bud. In particular, if we are able to crack the kind of partnerships that the state, uh, being government, uh, requires to have with uh, members of society, because as you know, it takes two to tango. So in other words, even if you had uh, officials uh, of the Department of Transport within our uh, DLTCs uh, who would, for instance, want to suggest uh, that a particular fee be paid to them for them to be able to uh, do that which you wouldn't normally get unless if you go through the normal process. And if a member of uh, society says no, it means that corruption won't take place. So by so saying, I'm uh, acknowledging the fact that, yes, some of our officers uh, are behaving in a bad way and therefore endangering the lives of South Africans because the consequence of an untrained and a driver who's not been properly examined and certified to drive is that you are unleashing a murder onto our roads. You are unleashing someone who hasn't had the basic training that they require for them to be able to be issued with a driver's license. Getting into a vehicle, a dangerous a dangerous. Uh, 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 a commodity on its own if it's not properly guided by someone who has received adequate training for them to uh, carry out that particular activity of driving. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a combination of factors. We won't lay the blame on members of the public, but equally we are saying that our officers, whether they are the one who instigate, wouldn't be able to succeed in these corrupt activities if members of the public were not willing participants. And I guess that's a fair point. But as the Department of Transport, you know, being aware of this problem, you know, have you made some strides in trying to, you know, actually uh, eradicate this practice? And also, have some people been prosecuted? Not only is this one of the biggest problems, it's the biggest problem for us. Um, We have done a number of things. There are people who are currently behind bus. There are people who... Um, for instance, I'll give an example with um, the province that we are in, in Gauteng. Um, you, you, at least in the past, uh, in the last 18 months or so, or so the MEC of Transport in Gauteng has had to deal with 10 cases of uh, um, 10 disciplinary proceedings uh, of uh, officials of the Department of Transport within our licensing stations. Uh, all of them were dismissed. Uh, we I think it was uh, last month or so, two staff members were arrested in Maponyamol in Soweto uh, for similar cases. It's, it's a pity that these things never get to enjoy the kind of prominence uh, that uh, they get as and when we do intercept uh, these perpetrators of, of, uh, of this crime. So indeed there are a number of things. We are striking partnerships with um, uh, the private sector. Uh, for instance, uh, the province of Gauteng has a relationship with the uh, the South African Insurance Crime Bureau, who are able to intercept uh, fraudulent uh, people who obtained driver's licenses in a fraudulent manner when they go and make claims. And then through this partnership, the department is then able to go back to its own um, uh, 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 DLTCs and be able to look at who 
which officials was responsible for issuing a driver's license to this person who has now been intercepted by the South African, uh, the South African Insurance Crime Bureau. Uh, the province of Gauteng, which is a case with all provinces, in fact, uh, do have uh, proactive measures, uh, communication products uh, that do discourage people from engaging in um, in corrupt activities. They have anti-fraud hotlines. Where so 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 we know that at the end of the day is a choice of an individual whether to follow that message or not. But it's important for us to create a moral climate, a moral climate where we say that this is not allowed. As much as you know that this is against the law, we remind you, go the extra step uh, by, by, by reminding you that it's not allowed, it's against the law. And if you are found to have uh, participated in this illegal activity, there are consequences to that. So we believe that because this speaks to changing the hearts and minds, winning the hearts and minds and changing people's attitudes. Mm. Same way with the challenge that we have on the road safety space. We need to create a moral climate where people begin to separate between wrong and right. Mm. Because at the end of the day, if you leave your house, you know very well that you only need 2,000 rents to go through the process of uh, 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 going to a driving school, uh, uh, getting a, a, a test date booked for you, go through a normal examination process, and then you either fail or pass. If you try to circumvent that process and arrive at that destination in the wrong manner, it means that that particular activity is illegal and it's wrong. So therefore, people need to know that. We shouldn't take it for granted that people can separate between wrong and right. Mm. Sometimes people are desperate uh, and therefore engage in desperate measures to get that which they wouldn't normally get in that particular way. So let's talk about that. Uh, frankly, 0891-104-208, have you been caught up in such? Did you actually pay uh, for your driver's license for one or other reason? Perhaps you were desperate, as uh, Tiani Rikotso was saying, um, or or maybe there were some other reasons. How many times have you failed? I got my license um, at the second uh, time of taking the test. I failed the first time. I thought I shouldn't have, but I did. I failed the first time. Um, I was speaking to someone um, on our uh, uh, production team, uh, who shall remain nameless, who failed five times. And, 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 you know, there are many stories of such where people had to take the test several times before they actually obtained their licenses. So is um, impatience a good enough reason for people to just not do the right thing and go through the necessary processes? But I'll tell you what is most worrying. When someone tells you that you can obtain a driver's license without ever writing a test without ever setting foot in a testing center or going to a driving school. All you do is put the money on the table and your driver's license gets to you. That is really, really worrying. Most definitely it is worrying. Uh, referring to uh, making several attempts until you get it right, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are dumb or you can't drive or you have no potential of acquiring a driver's license. It means that you did not prepare enough and you were not ready at that particular time. I'll give you an example uh, in brief for myself. When I started working in this very same newsroom that we were sitting in at the SABC, I was required to have a driver's license. I didn't have one, but I had learned how to drive uh, by observing what uh, my father and other people uh, were doing. And from time to time, I'll move the car from one point to the next and whatever. But I failed my first, my, my first uh, uh, driver's test myself. At the point where about I had to be confirmed as an employee of the SABC or not. And a driver's license was a prerequisite for that. Because as a journalist, you have to move up mm. and down uh, covering stories and all of that. Second attempt, I got it right. But I'm glad that I didn't get tempted to do that which is incorrect simply because I was desperate for a job. 
So it's definitely not an excuse at all. People need to do the right thing, get adequate training. The other thing that we we have noticed, as much as it's not necessarily the problem, is the issue of driving schools. Um, we are currently in the process of um, uh, uh, coming up with proposed legislation that will basically see the regulation of driving school. We want to deal with fly-by-night driving schools because these are the ones who normally uh, arrange these bogus uh, examinations uh, for would-be uh, applicants who would want to, uh, for instance, apply for a driver's license. And then that's where the circumvention of processes takes place. So through the regulation of drivers, uh, 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 driving schools, we believe that we would have a reliable database of all driving schools in our country. Therefore, we would know uh, what each and every driving school is doing. We'll be able to look at how many uh, examinations mm. have they conducted in a particular month. And then, therefore, if ever there is a need for us to go back to their books to see if ever they might have engaged in uh, illegal activities, we'll be able to do that. In Gauteng, for instance, uh, just to give uh, another example, the MEC of Gauteng has signed... Um, uh, um, uh, 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 a code of a, a code of good conduct with driving uh, w- with uh, uh, driving schools in the province. Not that that will stop uh, entirely uh, the corruption that we have, but at least it creates that moral climate for driving school owners to know that we are an important stakeholder in this particular process, and any any act on our part which is illegal would have dire consequences for the country by way of seeing people who are not adequately trained, who are not uh, certified as drivers, driving on our roads and therefore leading to some of the crashes that we, mm. we see. Because some of these crashes, Sakina, you look at it and you do a post-crash uh, a, a inspection, you realize that had it been a, an experienced driver, uh, this could have been averted. But mm. simply because we're dealing with a, a novice, uh, somebody who basically has never been trained, be it advanced training or just basic training, uh, they panicked and then they couldn't uh, uh, do that which a normal train driver would have done to avert the situation. So uh, driving schools are an important stakeholder. Uh, we will be regulating them soon. Uh, they are aware of this. Uh, the Minister of Transport will soon be convening them to take them through what it is that we intend doing and why we need to have them mm. on board, not only to ensure that uh, uh, we stop the issuing of uh, illegal driver's licenses, but also to ensure that there are certain norms and standards so far as training is concerned. So we need to have uniform norms and standards so far as the kind of training that's given to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to learner drivers uh, is concerned. Because at the end of the day, we need to have the same quality of driver on our roads. People who have uh, adequately satisfied examiners that they have uh, understood thoroughly what they have learned and therefore they can now graduate. One mistake that people make is um, thinking that a driver's license uh, is a is a, is your is your own product? No, a driver's license is a is a product of government. We borrow it to you for five years, and there are terms and conditions that apply uh, during that five year period. Hence, we are able in between to if you are found, it. we are even to uh, to to endorse it and ensure that you stay for a long period of time without being allowed to drive on our roads legally. So people need to respect that piece of mm. paper. All right. A, a, a plastic garden. Let's talk about it. We asked you to tell us where the problems are. Outside DGG says, um, I was failed and I was simply asked, um, EP Chojo, and um, this is uh, probably, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, something that happens quite often in East London. But he says, Stutterheim is excelling at bribery. So, Stutterheim, we've got Kimberly here. Kakisho Mueng says, failed seven times, but out of principle, I didn't bribe, went to another town, rather. 
but look at Kimberley. Let's hear from our listeners now. Uh, Tumelo and Palaborwa, good morning. How are you, Sikina? Good and you, Tumelo? I'm good. Sikina, it's very difficult, you know, to obtain a license without doing what we're talking about now. And we must understand that South Africans, as South Africans, we know that it's illegal. It's wrong to obtain a license through the payment of a bride. But at some stage, we are desperate to have a driver's license. You are a good driver. You can drive well. You did not do anything wrong. But when you come back from the testing, they write that you did not observe. You have done all those things. Just because you did not pay money, you are going to be failed. And there's nothing that you can do. You cannot say, I have observed. He has written that you have failed because you did not pay money. So it's going to be very difficult in South Africa to deal with this thing. You know, South Africans were desperate to have a driver's license. And if you are kind allowed to fail five times, remember I'm paying money when I go this several times, and I'm good. I, I know I can drive, and there's nothing wrong that I do. But because I did not pay certain amount of money for a drive, I cannot get it. Mm, okay, thank you so much for sharing that with us, uh, Tumelo in Palaborwa. Let's go to Ntogozo in Mpangeni. Good morning. Sakina. Yes. Well, so let, this thing that you're talking about is very close to my heart. I've been traveling school myself. One of my learners have just failed now. And uh, this official, because I'm refusing to pay a price out of principle, he is making sure that I'm feeling and he is isolating my driving school, and I've reported this to Advocate Command in KZN. He sent one gentleman to come and investigate, and he has investigated this thing forever. I've got tangible evidence of this guy soliciting a bribe from one parent of a child that was testing in his, uh, 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 by this guy. There's this particular guy in administration. He, you see, this administration is headless, if I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm reporting this, nothing is happening. And as a result, my travel school is isolated. People are not passing. And he even told me that she saw what? Because I'm not playing following the line. You know what, um, Ntogozo, what's uh, going to happen now is uh, Tiani Rikoto is noting this and, and, and we will help you to hold um, the Department of Transport accountable. We'll ask him to come back. That's why I'm saying let's name so that they can know where to go and who to speak to. But what we'll also do is we'll take your details because you say you do have tangible evidence in this regard. So we'll get uh, you uh, in touch with uh, Tiani and the department will definitely look into this. Thanks for the call. Dominic in Tata, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Dominic. Um, hi. Um, look, my suggestion is uh, it's obvious that the, that the traffic officials seem to be in control over this whole situation and not the department as your guest seems to believe. And uh, why don't they rather look at maybe introducing driving um uh, in, 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 the, in the school curriculum uh, done overseas. And uh, maybe that way they can eliminate some of uh, the corruption that's happening and, uh, and, and also have you know, uh, good drivers coming out of school. All right. That's a good suggestion. We'll hear uh, what uh, Tiana Ricotso thinks about it. Thanks, Dominic. Uh, Mocha in Kruenstadt, good morning. Hello, how are you? Good, and you? Fine. Okay, so, Gina, uh 
According to my side, what I can see is going to be much better for us. I think if maybe they they apply the subject at school for learner from school from maybe grade uh, grade mid grade grade standard five or stand from one, then from there you start learning about the learners, and then when maybe maybe for two years or one year, when you pass these learners, automatically you can start learning driving at home. Let me give you an example. My son at home, she, he, he, he can drive very well. And then until I can see, he's the best driver. How is that lesson? He didn't even suffer. When he goes to take around, he just passed everything because he used to drive with me all the time. And then another thing with what I can, what I, what I think it can help government. Uh, if maybe somebody wants want to have a lesson, he must always have learners. From there, he must always drive, drive a car with a... Um, drive with somebody who's got learners, maybe a period of three years, two years, until he is best driver. Okay, let me tell you how I get lessons. As I said, I'm a good footing driver. Mm-hmm. I used to be an assistant and go uh, go with my, my driver. During the night, he used, when there is no traffic, he used to let me drive in until I can, myself, I can self-see I'm a driver, you see. And then another question I want to ask from the also. How long they how long they allow they will allow the if maybe I got quick fourteen, how long they will allow me to go to on the road? If maybe I got good fourteen last month. They allow me to drive a truck with a load maybe when I got the lessons. It, for me it's not good because I'm not trained very well. They must give me specific time. Mm. That is why they, they got a lot of accidents on okay. the road. All right. You understand. Thanks very much. Got you there, Mocha. Thanks for sharing that with us. And we'll respond to all of this. And then then I implore you, do tell us where the problem areas are. Because if we expect government to uh, come to our rescue in this regard, they need to know where to focus their energies on. Which are the problem areas? Tell us which the testing stations are. If you have evidence all the better. Bring it forward so that something can be done. This morning we're talking about driver's licenses and, you know, whether it's possible today to actually get a driver's license without bribing someone along the way. And I'm glad to see that many of you are saying that you have simply refused to pay the bribe. Unfortunately, some of you are also saying that you've unfortunately been failed several times. Someone mentioning that they failed up to seven times because they simply refused to pay the bribe. And I guess in some instances, people simply cannot afford to pay that bribe because who has 5,000 rand just lying around for a rainy day for when you want to go and take your license? So, you know, it's all these sort of things. But, Diane Rehoto, if, um, you know, this anecdotal evidence is anything to go by, then surely something needs to be done drastically. Most definitely, we, we have a problem. Uh, we do have a problem. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite um, encouraged by some of your callers and those who are writing to you online to say that they simply refuse because I will say the same thing. Refuse, but gather as much evidence as possible. We are going to do all in our powers that we create channels that will basically see us receiving this kind of information uh, while protecting your identity so that we can be able to follow them up. For instance, there is um, a, a caller from uh, from Mpangen in Tokozo who mm. said that he is a target currently simply because he's refusing to do the wrong thing. And we're definitely going to follow it up. We'll make sure that the information uh, gets to uh, the MEC of, uh, of transport 
and police in KwaZulu-Natal. Uh, the Minister of Transport will ensure that this information gets there and she would expect a report uh, from the province as to what it is that has been done. Because, believe you me, where corruption is rampant, we are, we are not shy of closing it down, uh, those particular stations. We are not shy of closing them down. We've done the same in Gauteng. A couple of DLTCs were closed down until such time that we get to a point that we have men and women of integrity behind our desks. Because, believe you me, that's all we require for us to move away from the situation that we are faced with. We need to have men and women of integrity doing that which uh, we believe is an, is an important function. If you are able to do your thorough checks as to who is this person who is responsible for this most important uh, responsibility, uh, 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 this most important task, then you are able to satisfy yourself that uh, you are not going to have uh, uh, these uh, incidents of uh, uh, corruption as rife as they are currently. So it's something that we are looking into. We need to begin to say who are these people who have been given this huge responsibility? Are they men and women of integrity? Can we trust them with good judgment? Can we trust them with this uh, huge responsibility which has so many dire consequences if it's carried out in an incorrect manner? So, so, so we will indeed uh, gather all the evidence, including that which is being given to you online, so that we can sit down and look at how do we uh, spread ourselves to make sure that we attend. Because believe you me, we only need to set an example in one DLTC, and then we'll be able to, uh, to, uh, to deal with the uh, with the rest of those who have either been doing it for quite some time and they have not been caught or they still intend uh, they still intend doing it in Gauteng there are five major five mm. major investigations which are currently underway we will soon be revealing as soon as we are done with it as to what it is that we are going to do but i can tell you right now uh, they will be groundbreaking because they are quite huge and we we are working on breaking syndicates because at the end of the day it takes more than one official to mm. do it you have a cash register, somebody behind a cash register. God knows why a cash register uh, has to do with the issuing of a driver's license. And then you have another individual whose who's response. So it's a, it's, a, it's a total value chain. Mm. Each and every person who has a role to play within the value chain, uh, we need to ensure that we intercept them. So whatever it is that we are doing through our investigations are not only targeting the individual who does the examination. Because at the end of the day, there must be someone who issues the actual paper Absolutely. beyond that which is done by the examiner. So we are looking at the entire value chain. And that does take time. And, of course, we have capacity issues. If only we had a police force that would only focus on dealing with this particular matter, definitely, most definitely, mm. our, our turnaround time will be much shorter than what we actually envisage it to be currently so far as uh, uh, dealing with some of these cases is concerned. And, of course, we're going to hold you to it. We're going to make sure that you come back and give us feedback on this. Uh, Laps GP says uh, Marlborough. Randberg and Langlachter and uh, in the Val um, there is simply no license without cold drink it doesn't happen so um, that's one for you to follow up on and then there are a few others but I'm going to come back to them uh, but before I go back to the lines let me just read this one from uh, Cyprian Mgenela who says go to Kwaja Fontaine in Guandebele uh, they sell it like a telecom card and also in Kokstad 5,000 to 7,000 rand, and you don't even need a learner's license. So he says it is happening there. So um, Tiani Rikotso has actually uh, noted those. Let's go back to the lines now, 891 Karim in Durban, good morning. Hello, Sakina, how are you? Good and you. Sakina, I just want to point out a few things which you can make a note of. You know, there was just a fatal accident now with a taxi and two taxis and so many people died. I'm being honest with you, I don't know if they're targeting the, I'm not targeting the taxi industry, but drivers who drive these taxis, 
basically, most of them, if you look at them, how they drive, I don't think they have licenses. So they should be targeted, number one, because there seems to be a syndicate in that particular area. Number two, there are too many driving, uh, driving, uh, driving, driving uh, people that teach driving, right? Mm-hmm. Too many of these schools, uh, driving schools. I mean, are they regulated? Are they regulated by the government? I mean, there's so many of them. Now, the syndicate and the corporation works hand-in-hand with the driving school driver, I mean, the owner and the, the, the officer at the driving center, and it's all worked together as a team. All right, got you there, Karim. And it's a bingo now, Anonymous. Good morning. Good day. How are you? Good and you? Uh, Sakina, um, I'm going to help your guest very quickly. What is so difficult by them making a, a, a life or, uh, lifestyle audit check from their people? I mean, uh, you've got uh, uh, in Vinkal Straits, there's a guy that's making people all the time. His name is Maduna. You go there, you know everyone is going to tell you, hey, that guy is going to ask for money from you. And he will not pass you without giving money. I mean, these guys can, can do the lifestyle audit checks like uh, everyone does when you've got a, a suspect in your field. Why don't they do that? Why don't they get... Uh, a line at least where the people phone in and say, this is what's happening to me. Instantly they can work on these things. Thank you. Thank you so much. A lifestyle audit. Um, let's go to um, Rama Ndungana in Tswane. Good morning. Good and you? Good, good, good. Um, Sakina, first, first thing, uh, I would like to defer in terms of experience and training. The fact that you have experience does not necessarily mean you are going to make uh, uh, accident and the fact that you have training also does not mean you are going to have training. So I wanted to clear that up that uh, it's not necessarily that the ones that are having accidents, they don't have experience. They might have experience and also cause accidents. So one cannot, there is no uh, 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 link in that in, in whatsoever. Second thing okay. is I would like to align myself with what uh, Atumelo said in terms of recourse. Because if we are only looking this thing in terms of the wrong side. But what about the right side? And let me explain what I mean by the right side. The wrong side is me driving, me not going through the post and all that. And that's wrong, I agree. But to me, something is very important. What happens if I know that I have observed, I've done everything correct, and then there is no recourse? Or is there any recourse? Maybe recourse will, will highlight us on that, that I know I've done the correct things, and yet here this guy demands, that I'm, I failed simply because I refused to pay the bride and failed because something like observation. Because it's only the two of us in the car. It's his word and it's my word, and more the officials' word will be taken over my word. So what, what is there recourse? And lastly, because of, what, is, what are the practices in other international countries in terms of driver testing? How do they do it? Okay. Uh, it's to make sure that there is no such thing as bribes. Thank you, Ramau Dungwane in Tswane. Uh, let's go to Pulukwane now. JJ, good morning. Good morning, Sakira and Pian. Um, the rules of the road, a driver is supposed to know them 100%. Responsibilities of the driver, 100%. Road designing, 100%. And the issue of introducing these in schools, you can check all the provinces. They have this in their plans for the past 10, 15 years. Why it's not done, nobody knows. And uh, let me tell you something. It is difficult to deal with this corruption because this corruption is not from the officers. It's from the applicants. The applicants cannot get these, and they propose that they can pay. 
if you are at the university and you cannot pass, the only way some can do it is to bribe the lecturer, not the lecturer bribing the student. It doesn't work that way. So if they don't pass, they go there, they fail because multiple choice, somebody misses is and are, and they on, on, on their test, and they think they have been failed. They have not been failed. They need to know those things 100%, but they, they act in temptation to the officers. And that is the reason why it's very difficult to deal with these issues. Mm. All right, uh, got you there, uh, JJ. Uh, Martha D. in Mtata, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Can you want to tell me that you are in the house on Hello, Sakina. Welcome. Yes. Okay, thank you. Just three points. I'm going to make them very quick. One of the callers said that it must be taught at school. Before I left the college, it was compulsory for students who are going to write graders to have a driver's license, number one. I don't know whether that is still the case. Number two, I think that one, every driver renews the license, they must be retested. Before they renew their licenses, they renew them, okay, and then get retested. Last but not least, you know, in the old name, I mean, about 20, 10 years ago, having a driver's license and having car keys was a status, especially with ladies. You find a lady like Sakina Karen, a nice and black, but with keys on her hands, like showing off. And some of us who couldn't drive and who did have driver and said, oh, I wish I could have a license. And as a day, hear that ladies are I refuse. I'm not a no, terrible driver. Like, I refuse. <laughs> okay, that's a Martha D and Umtata. Motepe and Soshangube, good morning. Morning, Sakina. Thanks and morning to your guest. Look, my take is I'm also having a similar almost experience like you guys. Um, I failed it when I was still at the college twice. And certainly in one of the instances I learned later that because of I was not really affair with what the wrongs, you know, the do's and don'ts. Or if, if, if you do this, then you can, it qualifies you to fail or not. But I understand that the driving school that I went to, the, the, the owner had a beef with, with the guy who was testing me. So I was a, I was a victim of, of their own battles. But coming to the issue that you are raising, I don't think, I think we need to close the tab. And, and I'm putting this analogy. The problem, I think the department must just tighten. It, they must make it difficult for us because I can tell you the public wants this license or mm. people want license and they are desperate. We can preach. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be sounding like I'm a defeatist, you know, or I, 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 I succumb to the sketch of corruption. But if people, if people need something desperately and they need a job, I can promise you, you can open all scriptures and the Holy Quran. They will not listen to us because there's a gap, there's an opportunity. If he can grab that, so we must just make it too difficult. The problem is, I also tried lodging a complaint because we went out, we drove, we came back. He told me, you know what you did. I said, what did I do? I, I didn't even have a recourse. I never, I, I never, I was never advised to say, okay, if you've got a complaint, ask. Let's get a second opinion from the moderator, whoever that can be senior to the guy. But that's the thing. It, it is given now. 
because other callers have made a point, and it's true. You are told that if you don't buy cold drink, if you don't prepare, if you don't have enough cash, you can try and, and, and observe. They will find something. And the problem is between you and, and the person who's testing you. Mm. So his okay. word will stick. If he says, Sakina, you didn't perform good there or you did such a mistake, it's only the two of you, no camera, nothing, or he just writes on a piece of paper. Mm, thank you so much. Uh, let me just, uh, before I take the last two callers here, just two quick uh, tweets that actually uh, fit in nicely to what people are saying. Jay Ponky says, the department spent a fortune on project of mounting cameras in testing uh, trucks and uh, stations to curb corruption. Um, ask Tiani why this is not working. And um, then there was another one here um, from um, uh, Justice Project SA. It says we have technology that can reduce corruption in these centres, but the examiners and the staff break it. For example, at Langlachte. So we will find out exactly how the department intends to proceed here with this uh, technology that they have. Trevor in Polukwane. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Yes, Trevor. Yes, uh, Sakina. The problem of corruption in the traffic department is not with the officers or the applicants. It is embedded in the law itself. How so? This guy is, is the examiner, is the moderator, and is the adjudicator. His word is final. And the, the, the law says if you have a, a learner's license, you can have more than two passengers. So you're bound to have the testing officer as the only passenger in your car, so no other third person can cast an opinion and moderate this. So it is in the law that these people should become corrupt. They are given absolute power by the law. So all other things that we are dealing with, to me, they are effects. If we change the law to say there has to be some form of moderation, if I query, I go to this guy and say, do a retest and check whether this guy is right, or... This other guy could be the, the third passenger and give the third opinion on the on the outcome of my test. So his his, his word is absolute. Okay, that is the problem. Thanks so much, Trevor and Pulukwane. Guanele Nalane from KZN Transport. Good morning. Yes, good morning, Sakil, and good morning to Diane. I'm so glad you called in because KZN is coming up here. People are saying there are problems. <clears throat> uh, yes, that's uh, particularly why I called. Firstly, we've noted. Um, and the comments and the allegations that have been uh, raised by your callers, mainly in Bangin and Zenkel Street, and we assure your listeners that we are going to be taking those matters up. Uh, in fact, I want to go further to mention that um, in the province of KwaZulu-Natal, we have inspected all TLTCs, and we have discovered uh, that uh, this uh, corruption that you are to- referring to does exist. In fact, in Mandane, we have even uh, shut down the whole TLTC and arrested 21 uh, employees, including examiners and clerks and the driving school owners uh, that were arrested working together with the hawks. So we have got cases that are pending in court. Uh, therefore, we are dealing uh, head-on with the matter. But we are also improving technology as well to see how it can assist in terms of making sure that there are cameras in our testing station uh, and also all sorts of recording uh, that can uh, take all the transcripts and conversations between examiners and also uh, the prospective um, 
a learner as well for, for driver's license. So these are kind of innovations that we are trying to introduce. But also within the road traffic inspectorate, we've got a team, a unit that is responsible for inspecting and investigating all the corruption allegations in our driving testing stations. And we are going to be beefing up those with a view of ensuring that we cut down on these corrupt officers and we welcome uh, people when they are bringing up all these men so that we are able to focus our investigation. But we also wish they can also provide us with evidence so that we are able to crack into all these uh, corruption activities that are taking place. Absolutely. We're glad you're doing something about it. I'm sure Tiani will um, relay the information for you. We have one for you this morning with evidence. Um, um, And Togozo's call uh, uh, from earlier. Um, His driving school being targeted because he refuses to pay the bribe. So we'll get back to you on that one. Thanks for calling in um, from uh, the KZN Transport Department. Wanele Ngalane there. Um, Tiani, so much to respond to. You know, there was uh, the issue that Dominic um, uh, raised as well earlier about the school curriculum. Others, you know, concurred with that. Also, um, you know, the testing, renewal of licenses and uh, just maybe retesting people. But uh, we also have to look at whether that is logistically viable. Most definitely, Sakina. I've noted at least um, uh, eight points or so. I'll try and and run through them with the limited time that we have left. The issue of um, the school curriculum the inclusion of um, uh, learning how to drive at uh, as, as school age. It's very important, and it's something that we've been working on with the Department of Basic Education. The intention is to introduce it as a life skill subject. Mm-hmm. So uh, the moment you reach your high school years, we begin to teach you about the basic rules of the road because the intention is that by the time you leave high school, which is usually around the age of 18 in the main, you should have a learner's license at least so, so, so that you do not find yourself desperate once you are at varsity and then now you want to go for an internship where a driver's license is required. Now you have to start from scratch to obtain a learner's license. The only thing that you would have remaining is for you to obtain a driver's license. So we are working on that and the Department of Basic Education has embraced this. So it is a partnership between the two departments. So we do um, uh, note uh, those particular comments. Secondly, there was the issue of um, the driver of a truck who said that issuing somebody with a code 14 driver's license today and allowing them to drive an 18-wheeler truck tomorrow, tomorrow. is actually very dangerous. Yes, mm. it is correct. Hence, uh, uh, part of the proposed uh, amendments to the National Road Traffic Act that we introduced sometime last year is the introduction of a provisional period for drivers, be it for sedan like private vehicles or for uh, uh, vehicles, uh, trucks that you require a, a, a code 14 driver's license to drive in. So we are going to be introducing that provisional period wherein you will basically be given time to get around some of the basics, practical basics of driving and sharing a public road with other road users because it's not sufficient that you only learn through uh, your K53 when you do a learner's license and then uh, do some basic training through a driving school or privately and then get tested. We believe that we need to give you some some period of time before you can be introduced to the real world of driving. Mm. Uh, so in an instance where within those two years you are found to have um, uh, for instance, committed certain transgressions, uh, which for us are, are a no-no. 
uh, will basically withdraw that provisional license and we will have to start from scratch. So that's one of the things that we are doing. So we warmly welcome that uh, suggestion by, uh, by the caller from the Free State. And then the issue of retesting of driver's license renewals. When we spoke about uh, a month ago, Sakina, we're looking at a set of proposed uh, 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 legislations or amendments to the National Road Traffic Act. One of them was this one. Uh, uh, the the retesting of of drivers when they go every five years to renew their driver's license because currently you only have um, a requirement to do an eye test Mm -hmm. and we believe that it's not sufficient uh, because we believe that the problems that we are facing currently on our roads so far as road safety is concerned go beyond just the issue of uh, uh, impaired vision over a period of time as opposed to how you were, uh, for instance, tested when you first took up your driver's license. So hence, we want to introduce uh, the, 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 re-examination, the re- re-examining of, uh, of drivers when they go and renew their licenses. So we are currently still open to receive comments from members of the public till the 11th of June. They should write to the National Department of Transport to make comments around this particular proposed piece of legislation and others that we publish in the government gazette. The issue of international best practice as to what other countries, mm. how other countries are doing it. I mean, looking at countries like Australia, who have um, been successful uh, in many aspects of road safety, uh, they completely privatized uh, the system. So it's run by a private company. It's a responsibility of the private company. That has its own consequences, of course, uh, depending on the socioeconomic conditions of a country that you find yourself in. What, for instance, will be the consequences of such to uh, the labor force that we currently have at our testing station so far as job security is concerned? And not to say that if you privatize it, there isn't going to be corruption because in in our uh, very own country, in our province, for that matter, where we are currently in Gauteng, there were many instances where, uh, for instance, the province had, had outsourced the business of uh, licensed vehicle renewals. Most of those were closed down uh, after a sting operation conducted by the Department of Transport and the South African Police Service, where 22 people were arrested. This was between 20, 2012 and 2014. So that in itself is not necessarily a solution. Mm. And that brings us to a, 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 the point that there is not a single solution that will see us moving away from. It's going to be a combination of factors, uh, good moral conduct on the part of those um, uh, members of the public, but more importantly, having the kind of men and women of integrity behind our mm. desks doing this uh, important task. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Just a quick yes or no. Would you consider doing lifestyle audits? Most definitely. Most definitely, especially for individuals who occupy uh, uh, positions of high responsibility and where indeed there are suspicions that there could be uh, something fishy going on. Well, that's where we're going to leave it for this morning. Thanks so much uh, for contributing, uh, passing the list of all of this on to Tiriani Rekoto. And he's going to follow up. We're going to hold him accountable. He's going to come back and give us feedback on this. Thanks for your participation and to him for coming through as well as to the production team. You can go onto our website to view all the messages that have come through. Uh, with that, it's nine o'clock and time for news with Vabakshni Chetimala.